your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hey, this is The Last Word, right here, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Matt Taylor, now he's still dusting off the sand off his sandals, Casey Valier. Yeah. Down there in Florida, taking a little time off for him and the family. So, we're going to get this thing through to you, OKC. And the Pacers going at it tonight, downtown Indianapolis. We'll get to that, Casey. Don't forget about this. The Thunder are coming in tonight against the Pacers. All right, we're going to yep. talk Colts. Don't worry, Casey. I see that look. Okay. But also the Indianapolis Indians opened up yes. today against the Storm. So we got the Thunder and the Storm in town taking on our local teams, Casey. And I don't like it one bit because it's been wet out here. It has been wet, so it's a very ironic with the the team names that our local Indianapolis flavor is taking on because it's very reminiscent of what you're... should wax the the, the thunder tonight, right? You you know, I I don't follow West Coast basketball Uh, very because they're in the West, but I'm assuming that the thunder aren't any good because I I feel like every year they have about 450 draft picks because they traded all their good players away and they're always in the top, so I'm assuming the Pacers should should roll tonight. Let's go. All right, that's coming up in a little bit. we got a lot to talk about because the NFL owners meetings have wrapped up up in Phoenix. We're going to discuss what we learned from those meetings from a Colts perspective, Casey. You know, that number four pick, everybody's saying, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Who are they going to grab? We're also, get this, we're going to hear from the boss man. Yeah. Jim Irsay sat down with J.J. Sankovic from Colts.com out there in Phoenix, okay, about what happened at the meetings, what's the latest with this roster, how we're looking. He's going to give it up. Jim Irsay, J.J. Stankovic coming up. But first, got to go around the calendar of the NFL, okay? A couple of weeks back, it's been busy with free agency, okay? Not much this week. Pretty quiet. They re-signed Khalid Kareem, the defensive end. And, Casey, did you see this? Matt Pryor, who's been a spot starter, bench, bar starter, bench, got him him going back and forth. They threw him inside at guard, kept him at tackle. He says, to heck with it, I'm going to the San Francisco 49ers. Yep, he's uh, so he, he is out after two years here with the Indianapolis Colts. So he had a... He had a time where he, I think he played every position except for center on the offensive that. line. So he was a versatile lineman. So he now goes out west to the 49ers. Well, good luck, Matt Pryor. We're going to see you down the road sometime. Outside of that, the attention was in Phoenix and a handful of the college football pro days. Don't forget about because a lot of these quarterbacks were turning heads. I want to start it in Phoenix first at these owner meetings. Lamar Jackson been a talk of that because people are saying, hey, what's it going to take, Colts? What is it going to take? This guy has requested a trade apparently over 20 days ago, and then it just came out like less than a week ago. I know it's a mess. There's another quarterback in Green Bay in New York. That's another mess. We're going to get to that as well. But, Lamar, just give it to me. What's it going to cost for the Colts to get here? And is this something Colts owner Jim Irsay, head coach Shane Steichen, and a GM Chris Ballard like having a veteran like that come in at a big price tag? Well, I think you definitely have to explore all the options, um, especially when you think of a 26-year-old MVP quarterback hitting the market it doesn't happen very often so I think that right there should push those those ears up for you know drawing interest and I would assume the Colts have done their due diligence or continuing to do that on Lamar Jackson but as you mentioned the price tag that's where it's all going to really culminate to where he ends up playing because you talk about guaranteed money that's kind of the hot topic that he we supposedly is talking that he didn't get with the the Ravens in their previous offer, so that's where we are now. So who knows where the numbers are? That stuff that's probably going to stay pretty in inside, you know, the the building when all that comes out. 
But it's it's tough because they've got that non-exclusive franchise tag on him. So if he does sign that in order for him to go somewhere else, it would cost two first-round picks plus a new contract. Ooh. So that's a pretty healthy price tag. But then if you just trade for him, it's probably going to be very similar. Um, you know, they're going to want Jeez. a couple picks. So it's hard. It's one of those things where, you know, it, you always want to have a proven – guy under center and Lamar Jackson is that but it's just at the price tag at the time frame you're sitting at can you justify all of that I I, I don't know I'm not a cap guy I'm not, I'm not Mike Bloom who's in charge of all the cap stuff here with the Colts and Chris Ballard so I have no idea where they can you know fudge some numbers all here and, and do all that to make it work but it's definitely something you have to explore because, like I said, a 26-year-old MVP caliber quarterback doesn't hit the market very often. A lot often. of money, a lot of picks, Casey. I yeah. understand what you're saying. I love the kid. I love watching him play yeah. the game. Wasn't available to play in the playoffs That's a key. Year. I mean, we got to keep that in mind. Right. A lot of money, and Deshaun Watson's basic guaranteed contract set the precedent for all these up-and-coming quarterbacks about the money that they feel that they should deserve. Deshaun Watson sitting out a year, coming back, signing that ridiculous deal with the Browns. So all these other quarterbacks are chirping and looking. Let's go to the other side. A quarterback that's not on, you know, he can still win, don't get me wrong, but he is on the downside of his career, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Let me just say this right now. He has come out and said, I'm going to play for the Jets. Yes. The Jets have said, yeah, we're going to come out, we want him. Woody Johnson's like, let's get this thing done. It's just about the, the communication between the Packers, the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers, mainly about what's it going to take. This is My point is this, Case. Don't worry about it. He's going to play in New York. Right. It's just a matter of at what price and what it's going to do to their roster, or excuse me, their salary cap in New York. And I think it's going to happen soon because if you're the Packers, you're looking for – you're, you're wanting to get draft capital for right now. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose him and get stuff for next year. So I think we've got a month until the NFL draft. It's going to be all figured out by now. I'm sure they're both trying to get as much as they can out of each side. It's going to get to the point where it's like, hey, we're at a deadline here. we got to get this thing done. Let's just go ahead and wipe our hands clean. I hope they and, win, You man. know, it's one of those things. <laughs> we don't we don't cover Aaron Rodgers, right, and boy, I'm right. kind of glad we don't because well, it just saying, seems like a headache. Bro, you better win in New York because <laughs> yes. that press corps is a little bit different than it is in Green Bay, <laughs> and they're going to be going, so. hey, you lost two in a row, bro. <laughs> Let's talk about this. It was on you. You missed a couple open receipts. I mean, they'll go after right. these guys. But I I think it's a good fit. He's got swagger. He right. loves New York. I mean, let's do it. So that's happening there. The other, the other big news is the Washington Commanders and owner yes. Daniel Snyder and what he's going to do and how much that he's going to sell this franchise. Is he going to sell the franchise? Is he going to do it kicking and screaming? Is it going to take the NFL to get involved as far as the other owners go? We don't know, but. There is a lot of stories out there. Six billion dollars case, Whew. and I'm talking about Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos. How about that well one? Three times. Apostolopoulos, <laughs> Big Steve, the Canadian billionaire, said a six billion dollar bid. All right, <laughs> that's also with Josh Harris and the Mitchell Rails Group, which includes Magic Johnson. They are, excuse me, Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails Group, which includes Magic Johnson, right. also placed a bid of six billion. These owners have to. Weigh it out. They have to talk to these guys. They have to talk to these groups. They have to look what kind of cash they have, how fluid they are in cash, how much they got in, you know, everything comes into play, financial portfolios. Right. They don't miss a thing. So that's what they're doing. I don't, I personally, I think it's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen and if that $6 billion tag is the one that's going to take to get done. And the Snyders, what are they doing? Right. Kicking and screaming or are you giving it up? We don't know. We're going to find out. Absolutely. I would assume it's going to be more kicking and screaming just because, you know, Dan Snyder's a guy who, 
you know, he was a fan, and that's you know, he he's that kind of owner. He was he was the fan, grew up with this team. That's who he wanted to buy. So it's going to be hard, I'm sure, for him to watch something that he truly has a passion for and loves to go away. But there's a lot of stuff that's in the background on why all of this is going on. So I think it's a good thing for the league especially when you look at the price tag because what that means is is that's how important it is in the grand scheme of things when you're just talking business and you could sell something for potentially 6 billion dollars you're doing something right especially we just saw Denver the Broncos sold for you know four and a half i think it was a little over four and a half yeah. billion so i mean it's just showing you how i mean we all know the NFL is king we all know that this just proves that point even more. Absolutely, and that $6 billion uh, tag that's on the Washington Commanders right now, in two years from now, we're going to laugh when the next team goes 100%. up for sale. 100%. And you're close to $9 billion. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna be, it's we're, happening. We're going to be close to $10 billion probably in the next couple of years. I mean, no it's, question. It's, it's bizarre. Bro, NFL <laughs> yes. is king, and it is they king. prove it week in and week out, especially with the ratings that they get across the spectrum and the world, for that matter. NFL will stay king. Listen, the last word we're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Okay, when we come back, J.J. Stankovitz recently sat down with Colts owner Jim Ursay in Phoenix going over a lot of things, Case. The NFL draft coming up, among many other topics that the owner spoke about. J.J. Stankovic coming back with the owner. This is the last word. 93.5-1075, the fan. We now return to the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The last word from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Woo! Hey, that's Kenny Wayne Shepard right there with a little blue on black. I like that poll because I've got an announcement to make. Kenny Wayne Shepard is in the Jim Mercer Collection Band. Yes. Goes on tour with the owner. Does his things that he's had that's nine That's him. Of. That's that, him right that's there. That's him right there. <laughs> yeah. Picking and grinning. Yes. So listen, this just is. Okay. This just did. Mid-July. What are you up to, Case? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for some breaking news here. Come to Boston. Come to Boston, July 14 and 15. There's a rehearsal and then a gig at the TD Garden. The Olive Branch Show from Ursay. We'll do it in the Patriots' backyard at TD Garden. And there will be some – hopeful there will be some Patriot people there that are saying, hey, nice Olive Branch, set it out. Great music, great collection. That's all going down mid-July. We'll have more information on on iColts.com. Oh, that is great. That tour continues to roll. This is the last word right here brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Hopefully we hear from the owner and talking about this collection a little bit right now. Colts.com's J.J. Stankovitz recently sat down with Colts owner Jim Ursay. So, Mr. Say, we have a new coach here, Shane Steichen. Getting to know him, he's one of the youngest coaches in franchise history, him and Don Shula, obviously the great Don Shula. What about Shane's youthful energy gets you excited about the direction he can take this franchise? Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I, I think it's almost, I mean, not exactly, but kind of like a college campus where all of a sudden, you know, the, the new students come in from high school and, and, and you have, you know, the All-American you know, players and, and whoever come in the program. And, and, you know, for me, it's such a thrill because, you know, knowing what I've been able to experience over 52 years, you know, and some of the incredible moments that you have to see the next generation and the next generation come up and experience that is so exciting. And, and I think it, it really is, like you said, it brings a great perspective into, you know, the whole world of, um, you know, where coaching is at and, 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 and all those things where 
Uh, Shane's had a lot of experience and obviously a lot of success. It's so exciting, and I think he really brings um, something special to our franchise, which is, you know, a proven success and, you know, working under outstanding coaches already in his career. I know he's going to do an outstanding job, and I think that kind of energy was part of the reason uh, when Chris and I and looked at him and, and Carly and Kaylin and everyone that we felt like, hey, um, you know, not only is he young, but, but he has that fire and he has that enthusiasm and, he, and, and that's contagious. Well, what about the, the structure of the organization and, and the help that Shane will get? Gets you excited about what he can do and how he can grow in this role? Well, I think it's very exciting because continuity is an important thing as well. And um, having Chris Ballard in there and, and six years being around with um, a lot of the staff that's been there, having, you know, Gus Bradley, you know, a defensive coordinator and other veteran coaches um, that uh, he chose to keep. It's really exciting because um, he brings in a new level and a new excitement um, and vision and a different look at things. I think you're always looking at people to look at your franchise and, and look to see where you're at with your roster and, and your coaching staff and see, you know, what can we do from here to get to where we want to go because we know we've been close and we, we've had some, some great success. Um, how do we, you know, get it over the hump and sustain it? So he has a lot of support there. And um, at the same time, you want him to have his vision and you support his vision as well. It's uh, critical, the, the working relationship between the general manager and head coach. And I, I think um, there's an outstanding working relationship there with, with Chris and him. How does that working relationship benefit the Colts now at the fourth overall pick? I mean, you've seen, you know, how many drafts? 50-plus? Yeah, I tell you, um, it's so important because this draft um, is one where you want someone with an expertise of offense and, and, and quarterback coaching to really be looking at it because you're, you're talking about several players, multiple players, maybe five, whatever the number is, at least in this draft, that have the capability of being your guy and, and, and being your leader for many years to come and being that franchise quarterback. And so I think it's so important because just coming out of Philadelphia and what he built there and the success he had there with the young quarterback. So it is March and it is Women's History Month and you know, being here at the league meetings, how proud are you of the work that your daughters have done in football and, and setting football up for the next generation of women to come through the game? It's so incredible just to see, you know, my daughters, just how incredible they're respected, how hard they work, how smart they are. And it's incredible how Carly loves to get on the football side of things. And, and even, you know, I talked about fourth generation Carly's daughter, my granddaughter Charlotte, the oldest grandchild, you know, she's in training camp now and you see that fourth generation and you see her working. And uh, it's incredible because when I was young and a ball boy back in 1973, you know, there was no girls on the field either. There was no chance of a girl ball boy or a girl trainer. And, you know, now um, we have a picture of my daughters and I with um, the first female referee uh, a couple of years ago after one of the games, which was just a thrill um, and which, uh, such a dynamic, wonderful, powerful woman just um, on being out there in the thick of it. And my daughters being involved, um, it's so exciting because really 
they really, you know, have a tremendous expertise um, in, in developing to become great owners someday. They are just, I, you know, obviously I'm, you know, going to be their biggest advocate, but I'm just not saying how outstanding they are because ask other people how great they are, you know, how, how great Kaylin is with all her work she's done um, with with the brand and the Ursay name and the team and the and all the the work she does um, with Kick the Stigma and everything else and uh, you know certainly Carly as well with all her football work and and being involved and going into coaches meetings and things and Casey certainly you know as a vice chair has has been to meetings and it's just so exciting to to see them being involved and and see how the whole league is now being more and more involved with, um, you know, women um, that are in a position to, to make a difference in the game. Okay, that's great stuff from Jim Irsay. We appreciate the time, big fella. I love that he's bringing his daughters into the mix every time he talks now. Plus, we got Women's History Month coming yeah. up. I mean, it's a big deal. These women, Carly, Casey, Kaylin Irsay, are they are hands deep in this organization. Oh, you're not kidding. Like that. They have their hands on everything and their, their father made sure, hey, this is how you run a franchise. This is the things that you have to do, stuff that we have no idea about, Casey. None. These young women have to do it. And, by the way, they're doing it with a smile and doing it and winning awards doing it, yes, too. Yes, they are. Congratulations to those girls of uh, of Jim Irsay's that are really involved in this thing. And I'm telling you, they're going to be great. When that transition happens, when it happens in every NFL family, we're in good hands. Well, I mean, Jim knows the all the ins and outs about the NFL and especially this organization, and that's the way that he's teaching his daughters. Sure. And I, I mean, I'm on, I'm on record right now saying that I think he's the best owner in the NFL, and that's something that I, I think I don't take, I don't say that lightly. And it's one of the things that he's teaching his daughters to follow those same footsteps. So definitely in great hands, you know, for the next, I mean, 30, 40 years, tough, easily. Bro, bro. Yep. They're t- I tell you, I've been chewed out by both, I'm <laughs> telling you. I've been chewed out by the owner, the old man. I've been chewed out by the daughters. I mean, all of them. You are doing, group. You're doing it right if you aren't, right? <laughs> tough group, but we love them. No, it's a great job by everybody in the Ursay family. Hey, don't forget, you can download the Colts weekly official podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. Also, J.J. Stankovic's. This week, he sat down with Colts head coach Shane Steichen. Check that one out. We have more great interviews and podcasts from the Combine still showing up. And that was weeks ago. Josh Edwards of CBS Sports. Also, we put up Ursay that you guys just heard. That'll be available up there. And you can check it all out right now on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app. Audio Network, anywhere you download your podcast. We're brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of your Indianapolis Colts. When we come back, we got the Forum Credit Union question of the week and that number four slot in the NFL draft. That number four slot. Almost here. The pro days of quarterbacks that everybody's eyes on are behind us now. What do the Colts do at number four? Let's discuss right here on the last word, 93.5, The Fan. If you can't get enough Colts talk, this is your show. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Jules on a vacation far away. I don't know what he's saying, but I know how he's saying it. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, All right. People are embarrassed right now listening to that. You don't like the outfield? I love the outfield. I just can't sing it. I just don't know the words either. 
I mean, a lot of whining when I sing. But you yeah, well, that, that? that's all right. I, I'm, a, I'm a whiner, nasally. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm doing this. Kind of sings through his nose, Gorman does. <laughs> all right, listen, welcome back. It's the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. We're also brought to you by our friends at Anthem. Colts have teamed up with Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield, recognizing school teachers, administrators, nurses, and staff members who go above and beyond for their students, their schools, and their communities. Listen, it's simple. Nominate your classroom quarterback today. Go to Colts.com slash classroom quarterbacks. Now, Forum Credit Union question of the week. You have zero, and I mean zero, chance at getting this one, Casey Bellier. <laughs> you lose immediately. I'm just telling you this right now. Okay. The NFL has approved players to wear the number zero yes, they have. this year. The number zero players can wear in the NFL. The last player to ever wear uh, double zero. Okay. Okay. Double zero, which I don't think they can do. They can they can wear the number zero, but there right. was a couple of notable players that wore the number double zero. Jim Otto wore double zero for uh, much of his career. He was a kicker and like a quarterback for the Raiders from sixty one to seventy four. And this quarterback, here's the question: the last player to ever wear zero zero is a two time Pro Bowler, and he wore zero zero with the Houston Oilers in the seventies. I mean, that's all I got on this thing. <laughs> you have zero chance. This guy's name was Kenny Burrow. And he wore okay, it from I'm... 70 to 81. He was <laughs> grandfathered into that number since he wore prior to the rule change prohibiting that number. He kind of said, hey, it's here before you made the rule, so let me stick with it. Kenny Burrow gets a shout-out right now. Kenny Burrow. Yeah, that's I've never even heard of Ken I mean, Burrow. No, there's no one in Indianapolis that got that. <laughs> Whoever wrote that thing, Casey. I mean, seriously. We're doing Ken Burrow? <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, there you go. Forum Credit Ken. Union question of the week in, in the end of March. There you Golly, go. Brought to you, by, <laughs> you can check it out. Forum Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Interact with other fans online. You can post a topic and participate in various discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. Also, you guys can tee off on Casey or whoever else had that stupid question. Please Casey. do. Yeah. I just... mean, Kenny Burrow, we love you, but geez, let's get him. <laughs> should have done an OKC Pacer one. We I, got them coming up. You're the, right. I should have. The pregame's right around the corner, but first and foremost, in Intriguing. Now, that's the main word that people and scouts and agents are talking about. Intriguing that the teams are going sitting where they're sitting at the upcoming right. NFL draft. Intriguing <laughs> that the Texans are at two. Intriguing that the Colts are at four. Intriguing that the Panthers went up to get the number one. It's all about the quarterback case. Okay? So my question to you is this. We saw Will Levis. We saw Anthony Richardson. We saw Bryce Young. We saw these these guys pro days. C.J. Stroud, we saw the same thing. Richardson hit the roof, did a backflip after he <laughs> yes, did. We he saw did. all this. Do these pro days matter to these guys that are making the decision in shorts, no rush, and a bunch of guys watching them? Do these pro days matter, Casey? I don't think so, honestly. I think they matter if you do something wrong or if you don't go out there and complete every pass and make every throw. I think that's the only time that it matters. I think it's – we talked to somebody at the NFL Combine, and and he was talking about how it's essentially everybody's going through the same interview process – whether it's the Combine and then your Pro Days, they aren't looking for you to wow them because the tape is what's going to tell everything. It's just making sure that you are doing the stuff you should be doing. So I think that's what the Pro Day is. It's another interview where you are supposed to go in, look polished, say all the right things. As long as you do that, you just check that box off the list. It's another one where you just check down and go, okay, he did that one well, he did that one, he did that one. And it's not necessarily about what you do on the field as more of you know, just making sure that you are the same person that you were at the combine and the same person that people have told you that you are. That I think that's what matters more than Anthony Richardson hitting the ceiling. But 
I mean, I, I, I watched the pro day. Sure you and, did. And his arm looks pretty <laughs> incredible. I mean, he just stands there and flicks the wrist, and it goes 65 yards without even trying. So mm-hmm. you can't look at that and go, wow, that's not impressive because it is. A lot of strong arms, Casey, yes. in the NFL. Up yes, and there are. included, a lot of strong arms. But did they still have that strong arm and hit that window slot that's about two foot by two foot with the Forrest Buckner that's on your the tail? That's I mean, that's where we're going to Accuracy find. matters. Absolutely. That's what matters. All right, loved it. Hey, had fun watching them. Will Levis included, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Loved watching the pro days. Now it's the proof is in the pudding. These yeah. general managers are going to go at it. What the Panthers do, and more importantly, what our Colts are doing. Some people are saying, are they going to? Are they? Are they sticking with their guy at four? Whoever falls to him, got to get a quarterback in there. Or if their guy doesn't fall to him, do they say, hey, I'm going to make a trade? We'll go back a little bit. Chris Ballard loves to get his picks. We say that yeah. every year. So more will be revealed in less than a month. Case. Well, and you talk about he loves his picks. This is kind of the fewest picks that he's really had during his tenure here. So this is a little bit of un, uncharted waters for for where Chris Ballard and this this camp has been drafting. So you sit at four, and there's probably a lot of teams who would love to go up to four. So you just got to weigh those hey, options. Let's it, see. Let's it, see. We'll you see. talk about intrigue. We'll Here see. it is. <laughs> we'll see if the Colts general store is open for business that <laughs> right. day, as they say. Okay. Listen, I enjoy it, Case. I appreciate you filling in for Matt Taylor. Had a blast. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. This is the last word. We're here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan getting you ready for the upcoming season. Shane Steichen and company coming into Lucas Oil Stadium. It's going to be a different look and cannot wait for it. But we got to get through some things first, and the NFL draft is up next. But in the meantime, check us out every Friday right here on this here dial and get ready because the OKC Thunder are coming in to take on the Pacers tonight and the pregame is up next. Now I ask you this Casey and I'll leave what if Harden, Westbrook and Durant stayed with the uh, with the Thunder from years ago? <laughs> oh man. Would they have titles under their pockets? I would I would think so but then you look at those guys and they didn't really bring titles <laughs> anywhere else. I mean they were all Durant, on the same roster bro. But, How about that? You know Durant joined you know the Warriors and got some titles but they didn't do it themselves so I don't know. I would think so but uh, I mean like, We'll never know, but could have been. All right. Good luck, Pacers. You got to take on the Thunder tonight. This is the last word. 93.5, 107.5, the fan.